Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including the adolescence of Utena, which we'll be getting into today. I'm your host, Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And Haley Neighbors. Hi there. So how are you guys today? Great. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Good, good. So I've been dead set on doing this podcast for a lot of reasons. The main being that it has been 20 years since the Adolescence of Utena's sister series, if that's the proper term, Revolutionary Girl Utena aired its last episode. So 20 years of discourse, 20 years of what does this mean, and screaming Ikuhara at the sky. (laughs) Yes, yes, all of that. What better way to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Utena than by doing what the Utena fandom loves to do, which is talk about it. So I usually like to start off these discussions by giving a brief synopsis of whatever it is that we'll be talking about because, you know, there's no, there's this small chance that someone listening isn't familiar with the property. But, you know, when it comes to Utena, <laughs> you can't quite do that. Or rather, like, the, any synopsis will leave someone more confused than before. And I, I tried. I looked, I went on IMDb, I went on Wikipedia, trying to find, like, a one sentence or two that can give us, like, a nice preface to what this show this film is about and I would just find paragraphs paragraph upon paragraph of things (laughs) and giving away way too much than necessary and it's just not it's not gonna happen which makes sense because there's a lot going on even in the film which is obviously much shorter than the 39 episode anime it's 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 crazy how it's it's an experience I guess to see so uh my best recommendation to those listeners who aren't familiar just Listen to the brief non-spoiler discussion we'll be having to start us off. And then go watch the movie and come back. You can listen to the rest, but warning, things are going to get crazy very fast in the best of ways. So let's get into it. Before we get our our first impressions, I just wanted to know your guys' personal histories with this franchise. So, Michelle, let's start with you. Oh, boy. Um... <clears throat> Uh, so, Revolutionary Girl Utena, this show was, like, the second anime I ever watched, like, ever. Wow. Um, when I was 15, I was not... <laughs> I was not <laughs> ready for all that it had going on. I had a very, like... I understood, like, the character, like, analysis aspect, but, like, all the, like, symbolism totally went over my head. So many things I didn't understand until a lot later, um, when I had a much more, like broader range of understanding of anime um but i loved it and it's like one of the only series that made me cry at the end because the the culmination was just so good and that's like still like one of the most like satisfying like character arcs i've ever seen um just with amphi and then so after that it's like i don't i need more and then i found out there was a movie and so i watched it I streamed it on some sketch site properly. Um, <laughs> that was and the I way was back like, then. Yeah, it was the way. And, like, I was so confused. I was like, why <laughs> is this so different? Why? Oh, like, okay. And, like, I was like, well, okay. Like, they're definitely, like, I think 15 of me was, like, still not completely sure if Uten and Anthony were, like, legit. Um, and the internet made me question it even more. So when I saw the movie, I was like, well, at least that's for sure. Like, phew. <laughs> they're together. Yay. 
but there were so many things about it. I was so confused. It's it's taken me a while to try to appreciate the movie for what I think it's doing. But, but even like it's such a we'll have conversations about it. it's such an open question. Like, what is the movie in relation to the show? Yeah, totally, totally. And Haley, how about you? What is your history with this franchise? Uh, non-existent, unfortunately. <laughs> That's great. That's exactly why I, I wanted you on. I'm I'm the fresh face, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, I I had never even heard about Utena before um, Beatrice mentioned it, um, which was interesting because as I started watching it, I very wrongly assumed that it was just like you know a normal like <laughs> '90s anime, <laughs> and then like weird stuff started happening immediately. <laughs> And I had to pause it, and then I went online because I was like, "Okay, wait, I need to reassess." <laughs> oh, you poor soul! What did Beatrice make me watch? Yeah. I'm so, sorry. so then I ended up reading like its whole Wikipedia page and searching up characters as I was watching the movie. <laughs> and then for the last like forty minutes, I just kind of just watched it unfold and <laughs> went for the ride. But yeah, it, I would definitely recommend. Either A, watching this completely knowing nothing and accepting that it's going to be madness, or maybe having a little bit of a background before you go into it. But it was really neat, and I'm very intrigued. I want to watch it again a, a little while later to kind of, like, not just be like, what is happening? And, like, yeah, lean into yeah. it a bit more. But, yeah, it was it was very interesting. I now want, I want to see, because I, in my uh, frantic... 10 minute in research of being like, Oh no. Um, I found a lot of stuff about how it's kind of like the show and kind of not. And the whole timeline's all messy. So now I want to see the show and compare and see what they, um, how they relate to each other. So yeah. Interesting movie. Totally. <laughs> and that's exactly why I wanted you here. Cause I've always been, I feel like people who are so into something and are just kind of in this bubble who are just familiar with it kind of yeah. need to sometimes need to take a step back and kind of go like, okay, from <laughs> yeah, fresh sure. eyes, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and for me, I, very similar to Michelle, I saw the, I think I actually saw the film first, which was interesting. Interesting, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it was years ago when I similarly just was not ready for this show no. for this movie yeah, for these for stories just for ikuhara in general i was just yeah. not ready for, <laughs> just for i just wasn't ready for him but um i knew oh. that he had directed sailor moon and i knew that like he his like the like the one that really like that he had i guess not complete control but like the one that he really i feel was the most passionate about was my favorite season of sailor moon which was sailor moon s with Haruka mm. and Michiru, yeah. and I remember I, yes, yes. Haruka's so amazing. And I was just, so I, oh I, my God. <laughs> I just remember reading an interview <laughs> with Ikuhara and him saying how he wanted to do, because they usually, the way Sailor Moon worked is that they would do a series, they would have a move, like they would do the series, but they'd also have like movies. And he wanted to do a movie specifically focusing on Haruka and Michiru. And he wanted it to be about like Haruka on a horse and Michiru in like this deep sleep and <laughs> I don't know, something crazy. And, and oh, they gosh. told him no. They said, no, you're not going to do that. So he kind of just went like, well, you know what? F you. I'm going to do it. And then it became Utena, which is why I was very curious to see it. And I was not ready. 
And then later in college, I took a gender class like one does. And I thought, I can write a paper on this. And I rewatched it and suddenly was like, oh my God, this is what it is. And, <laughs> and then I, again, I watched the movie, I rewatched it for the podcast and I was like, no, no, this is what it is. And I just love when things do that, when stories do that, when depending on the time in your life you are at, they give you a different thing and they offer you something different. And I just love when they do that and it's great. But, um, but yeah, did you guys watch the dub or the sub? I watched the dub because that's what popped up on YouTube first. So (laughs) that's what I did. Michelle? I I watched the sub, but that's usually my go-to. Yeah, I mean, I I usually go with sub just in general, not just with anime, but with anything. But dub is, I feel, Haley, you enjoyed it. So I feel like it's safe to say that it's a solid dub. Yeah, I think it was fine. I think it was also handy because then I could um, focus on the visuals as well, which are very Mm, strong in the movie. I didn't have to keep looking down each time. Yeah, so maybe on a first watch, (laughs) it's handy. (laughs) But if you're quick at reading subtitles and are used to that, too, then it probably wouldn't be much of a problem. Because there's a lot of periods where no one's talking in this movie as well, too. So um, it might be okay and then conflicts. But, yeah. Totally. And what did you guys think about, like, the animation, of the style of the just the artistic style and direction of this film? Um, <laughs> Michelle, go for it. Oh, I just, you know, I just get the impression Ikuhara, like, had a field day. He was like, yeah, okay, we're going back for a movie. Just everything. All stuff, all symbolism, all the animation, all the wacky designs. It's going to move around. It's going to be great. Um, so, I mean, it was lovely. I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous looking movie. Um, and even though, like, they changed the character designs a bit from the show for, like, who knows what reason. Like, it still looks good. And yeah, it's just it's just like eye candy in a way, just watching it. It's so pretty, especially like the notorious dance sequence. Like it's yeah. just so pretty. Yeah. What about you, Haley? You were talking about the animation, how the dub was nice because you could enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because that was the first clue to me that this was not uh, a normal basic. 90s anime <laughs> <laughs> so buildings 90s are upside anime. down and weird stuff's happening yeah yeah so i thought it was good because like you guys were saying it seems like this movie and the series are very focused on um like symbolism and metaphors and everything and i think they very successfully conveyed that through the imagery and the changing imagery around the characters so definitely it's it's kind of like a whole it's because in many movies, the scenery and the animation is very important to the storyline. But I feel like especially in this one, it is the story and um, all the roses everywhere and everything. And I think it was really it was used very effectively to get across a concept that I don't think would be um, quite as successful if they didn't really go with it and try and just draw everything that came to mind <laughs> sometimes um, yeah. and using colors really interestingly and the characters were neat. So, yeah, no, I was up for it. <laughs> I did notice it put me off for a little while because some of the characters have eyes that just are insanely, like, deep and multifaceted <laughs> of color. <laughs> and I, oh, that's I think true. it's, like, one of the prince guys or something. He's got, like, these turquoise eyes and I couldn't look away. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was intense. Um, but, no, I think it was used very well and was really interesting to look at. And if you just kind of let go and just watch what's happening around the characters and to them and everything, 
um, it was really interesting experience. So it was good. Cool, cool. And but we're we're gonna go in depth in in the spoiler section on story points and the like. But in particular, any sort of kind of broad ways you can talk about any negatives you found in the film, at least for people who are going to stop the podcast and then go watch it or trying to decide whether or not they should see it. Uh, spoiler, you should see it. But anyway, any sort of <laughs> negatives? <laughs> uh, hey. uh, I, I don't think it's a negative, but maybe um, it's only 90 minutes, but like get yourself ready to sit down and just watch it. Um, be prepared. Um, but I don't know. I think I want to watch the TV show because I feel like there wasn't enough explanation about what was happening and where we were in the characters and everything. I think they're really interesting characters and I love like mythology and shows, but at the same time, it's kind of, uh, like a part of this movie, it seems like, and probably I'm assuming the series where it's always a little vague and you can really interpret things however you want and everything. So that's something that just I I like to have in shows is a good mythology and interesting character backstories and everything. But I think in this case, it wasn't supposed to. And that was intentional. So that's something that I think is not necessarily a bad thing, but something to um, not be expecting and then be disappointed by when you watch it. Mm. All right, Michelle. Yeah. Um, This isn't a bad thing either, but like this isn't like a... Neither the show or this movie is, like, for, like, <laughs> a young, curious child. Like, no, definitely not. Like, it, it has adult themes. Like, there are warnings for things like sexual yeah. assault. So just, like, be mindful of that, I guess, too, um, okay. before going into it. If that's something that concerns you and you want to be aware of. Yeah, maybe don't watch this with, like, your little sister. Yes, don't. Don't. don't, don't. The pink is deceiving. The pink is deceiving. The pink is deceiving. Yeah, the roses. It's not all fun and games. She's got long pink hair. It'll be fun. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right, all right. And should, and this is a good question for you, Haley, in particular, but do you think this is a good introduction to the franchise? Do you think, I mean, having just seen this one thing, did it do it? Do you think it did its job in getting you interested in, or do you wish that you had seen the show first and then watched the movie? I I think I would have liked to have watched the show first because it seemed like they were they were talking about characters and referencing characters as if we should have already known who they were and what their relationships were. And does the show take pay- place at this academy, or is it a different yeah. setting? It's it's yeah, in the same it does. place. Okay, yeah, because I I would have liked just more context of like where we were and stuff like that. Um, so I I think I would have preferred to watch the show first. I think it is an interesting movie to watch on its own though, because it does have so much like deep symbolism and everything. Um, but yeah, I think I would. Not having watched the show yet myself and only of watching this, I would recommend probably watching the show first. I think that would be better. Gotcha, gotcha. And Michelle, do you think, if you were recommending this to anyone, would you recommend the movie first or the show? Oh, man. Um, well, I really like this <laughs> like <laughs> whole thing. Um, and I would want them to have the best impression possible. So I think I would recommend the TV show first just because there's so much more you get context for 
And there are just so many more episodes to really, like, get to know some of these characters, which the movie doesn't quite have enough time to, like, you know, do justice to all of them. And that's okay. It's not its priority. But, I mean, I think for the, the sake of being curious, going into the movie cold with no context is really fun. But if they're like, yeah, man, like, I want to know more. It's like, okay, well, there is more. But yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't think you can go wrong starting with one or the other, honestly. They're they're different enough that they both have good things to offer. offer. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree with enough. that. I agree with that. And not just, not only do they, are they, because they're subtly different. I mean, they're different. But it's not as if it's like, takes place in a different time, in a different era, with different characters. Like, there, there is yeah. this very, like, there is a, the DNA is, they're kind of, the way I described it was like siblings. Where like, 50% of the DNA is the same. So, I, I would also recommend the show just simply because it does give everything a little bit more context. And it does add a little bit more meat to how you engage with the film. Mm, but, yeah. The film itself also offers a lot. It, it already offers stuff there for you to engage with without the show as a backdrop. But let's actually... Well, I kind of already asked that, so I, let's just give that warning now, I guess. Warning. Kind of, warning, <laughs> warning. Warning. Spoilers now. We're, we're, we're going to talk about everything, so please leave if you do not want to be spoiled, if you want to just dive straight into this fantastical thing called Adolescence of Utena. Do it now and leave or else it's free game. Okay, so I struggle to find the best way to tackle this film. Like, how do I direct discussion <laughs> with this film? Like, do I start with the themes? Do I just go with the characters, with the twists, with the imagery? Like, what do we do? So I thought the best way was just to kind of talk about each character and the specific themes that they deal with, and then just go from there. So let's talk about the titular character. Let's talk about Utena. What do you guys think of her, Michelle? I'm giving it to you. In terms of the movie? Just, yeah, just in the context yeah, yeah. of the film. Just uh, what did you think of her character, of her journey, of the themes that she deals with, the relationships she deals with? Talk to uh, me about I your mean... thoughts about Utena. <laughs> oh, my God. Utsuna, oh man. I mean, I wouldn't say Utsuna's like the the best um character, but like I like love Utsuna so much. Um I think her journey is like pretty awesome and like the fact that like the film is called The Adolescence of Utsuna, you kind of get a sense of like where she's starting at the beginning and where like she hopefully is ending up by the end of the film and like the 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 issue of like, you know, agency and adulthood's like the big one of the big themes pushing through the movie. Um, and I mean, she's, she's, she's a cool character. She, she doesn't quite, and that's the interesting thing. Cause it seems like in the film, Anthony kind of like knows what's going on. Yes. So that like really doesn't, it's like, what? But like, well, that's we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. That's like my last question of this podcast. So yeah. we're going to get into it. So it's interesting seeing her being like, so confused and kind of like being guided along and like, being reminded of like everything that's been happening um and seeing her kind of grow into her own and accept Anthe. Um and it's just it's it's a joy to watch. It's a joy to watch her her move through this this school and figuring out like Anthe as a character and getting used to like everyone else's like desires and motivations too. 
Um, and especially like her relationship with Toga seems like way more of a thing in the movie, which is super interesting. And I definitely, yeah, we should definitely talk about that because that is one of the things that's kind of different in the series too. But like what he represents for her is like super interesting. Like this idea of like a prince and then like how she's like kind of like grows out of wanting that um, and embracing like a different path. It's just, it's so cool. Utena doesn't have like, I wouldn't say she has super strong characterization, but that's like pretty true of a lot of protagonists and I don't really mind it a lot here but I really like Utena a lot also her short haircut's like awesome so good <laughs> I love it. totally totally how about you Haley what did you think of Utena the pink haired lady what did you think the pink haired lady <laughs> <laughs> um I liked her she was cool um she seems like a very good kind of uh just like a strong, like the stereotypical, you know, like strong, empowered female character kind of thing. Um, but then she also seems to have a lot of inner turmoil at the same time, um, which I thought was really interesting because she doesn't really, she doesn't seem to vent about it much verbally, but it seemed like a lot of the, like the cinematography and the imagery around her was like her, about her mental space and everything. And then she does have certain moments with um, Toga, who... He was interesting. I'm sure we'll get into him. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I liked her. I think she was good. She was like a cool, she was very cool, super cool. Yeah. Um, and her sword fighting and everything. And she definitely makes me want to watch the, the TV show since it's focused on her. Um, because I want to know more about her. She seems like a very interesting character. Um, yeah. And I liked her design and everything too. And how she's, she's, yeah, she was really cool. I liked her a lot. Totally. I think, you know, for me, and this this may, be, may give me some flack, but um, I think that she is a lot better in the show than in the film. I feel like of, I feel, sorry, just hit my mic. I feel like all the, of all the characters, Utena is the one that suffers the most in this film. Not in terms of like things that happen to her, but in terms of characterization. Oh, you know, okay. I, yeah, I feel like in terms of characterization, she's the one that's the most that has lo- that loses the most color of herself in the transition from the show to the film. And I think it's fascinating how in the film it's opposite. In the show, in the show, Utena had a lot of agency in comparison to. Anthony, comparison to Himamiya, mm-hmm. she had, she yeah. was the active role, where in this one, they flipped it, which I love, mm-hmm. and I love what they did, and I love what they were trying, what they achieved with it, in terms of the relationship between those two, but I also understand that in order for that to happen, her character had to suffer a little bit, in the same way that Anthony's character had to suffer in the show a little bit, in terms of just how she was presented, but speaking okay, of, so in yeah in the yeah. show, the is it's flipped. So Utena knows kind of what's happening, and Anthony no, no, doesn't. No. Oh no! No 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 no! no, no, no. no. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean more. <laughs> I mean, I know, like I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. Is she more like the main? Um, I guess like a stronger personality in the relationship yeah. than Anthony is. Yeah, I okay. mean, like you said, how in the film yeah. is like more internal, right? She in the she yeah. has a lot of internal struggles. Where in the show, she talks more she voices herself she, her thoughts more she's much okay. more open yeah. like kind of an open book i want to see that that Anth- sounds good because that was missing yeah. for her yeah, yeah. anthony was more of like a 
you didn't know. She, you didn't know. Like she was more stoic. Whereas in oh, this, it's, it's, yeah, for you sure. focus a lot yeah. more on Mimia. Yeah. It's very cool. true. Like, you know, like the appeal of Utena on the show is like she, you know, she like did what she wanted. Like she wore a boy uniform. She doesn't care. Like people can give her crap for it, but she's like awesome. And she, she's very like um, strong headed, but she also has like a very like she, she cares about people and she's like a good person. But sometimes she like messes up a lot. Um, but okay. she's like very human in that way. And the impression she kind of is in the movie, she's just like kind of doesn't know what's going on at all. Yeah, and she's just kind of guided around to like do all these things and kind of like awakens to like stuff but mm-hmm. like it is it is different that's very okay. true it she is was, yeah she was like as confused as i was going through this world <laughs> <laughs> which is, maybe that's very intentional yeah oh, but yeah. i did yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like oh it is <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about him and mia then all right so i already kind of gave my thoughts about her about how i, I appreciate how she actually seems more like a person in this film than before. Or at least, despite despite the anime having 39 episodes, I feel like I know so much more about Himamiya from this one film. So, what did you guys think of her character and characterization? Uh, Haley? Okay, confirm for me. Is Anthe Himamiya? Yeah, sorry, yes. I keep going back and forth. Okay. Okay. No, because in the sorry. movie, even, she was saying it differently each time. <laughs> I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> okay, interesting. Okay, um, I thought she was neat. She kind of drove me nuts just a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I think just because I don't love those type of characters that are, like, super girly and peppy and, blah, 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 and like, <laughs> high energy and everything. Um, but I thought she was interesting especially I liked at the end when she started to kind of like be a little bit more serious and focused and everything um I think she was a good contrast to Utena where she like we were saying she's more stoic in this movie um than she apparently normally is but it was interesting seeing how they played off of each other and also how when Utena is kind of like the more stoic traditional kind of thing whereas anthe is way she's kind of representing all the the madness that's happening around in the movie um and also i thought it was just so funny how it was just so chill about how like oh yeah i'm the rose bride and i just like marry whoever (laughs) wins and everyone just accepts this and it's okay fine um but i thought because she is so um kind of like i don't know what's the word but so flighty and just goes with everything and so positive it worked well because she could get away with it um but yeah it was she was she was an interesting character at first i really didn't like her and then she she grew on me as it went along and along yeah cool cool that was so interesting to hear yeah oh man (laughs) because you're a first time watcher so that's just really interesting um Mm. I like to think of the Anthe in the movie as, like, the, like, <laughs> sexually liberated Anthe, <laughs> who's just, like, totally Very. willing to make a move on Utsuna, doesn't care, is not restrained, just, like, not doesn't, which is so, it, and that's the thing, too, because, like, we just was saying, like, it is really flipped, because in the, in the series, she's, she's so restrained and quiet, and you never quite know, like, what she's thinking, um, 
And, like, you start off the series kind of assuming, like, oh, like, she's just, like, very complacent. And she just, like, doesn't know how to, like, get out of this stupid dueling system and, like, poor her. And, like, that's what Uchina thinks of her, too. And so she's like, oh, cool, I'll just, like, be her prince then. Like, I got this. And then, like, the more you figure out, like, what's going on with Anthony, the more it's just like, oh, my God, there is so much going on with this character. Like, that's, like, what makes part of the show so fun. And I, I don't know. Seeing... And I feel like this, I wonder, like, if this movie is supposed to be a, a continuation of the TV show story, oh, then it makes more me. sense. Because, like, doesn't it? Because it's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, like, Utena did her a solid at the end of the show. And now she's, like, finally free to, like, be the person she wants to be without being so constrained by the oppressive system that was controlling her. And, like, from that perspective, I'm, like, totally on board with Anthe, like, being like, hey, like, what's up, Utena? Like, let's go. <laughs> wow. That's so who she's show. She, like, just really isn't. So it's, like, it's cool to see like that. But, yeah, come in with no context for, like, whoa, like, Anthe, like, chill. You're, like, yeah, being like, a little calm too... calm down, sweetheart. But, like, get a glass of water, girl. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is so interesting. Which is, that's why I really wanted so many perspectives on this. Because in the show, it's so... In the show, I kind of sometimes want to shake her. I'm like, give me something. Tell me something. Yeah. Where yeah. in here, it's, it's the opposite. And... Michelle, you mentioned uh, the, that Utena wanted to be the prince. And do you, what do you guys think of that concept of the prince? Because in this movie, I thought the prince kind of was something that was rejected. Whereas in the show, like, it, it, it you know, eventually they kind of get to that point. But in this film, like, Utena never says, like, oh, I want to be the prince. Or maybe she does say, I want to be the prince. But, like, in the show, she was like, no, I am a prince now. Whereas in this film, she's like, eh. I don't need to be a prince. There's no need for a prince. The whole point is that there is no prince. And that's that's the whole point. Whereas over in the show, it was like, no, there's a prince. And here, they kind of reject that notion. What do you guys think of that? So is the prince the person who's with the Rose Bride? Or is it just like the leader of the academy or something? Uh, or just a prince? That's a no, really I, good question. You know, <laughs> I, I, I take it more as just like, it, it, it's not like, the, the person with the rosebud because you could take it oh, as that yeah. sense but I feel like it's more of just like a more of a larger message of like okay all these lives are so shitty right now and are just kind of stuck because there is no quote-unquote prince in uh shining armor in a white horse or something whereas oh. you know that's kind of how I took it was like there everything's so effed up well in the show I feel like everything was so effed up because the prince was a horrible person. Mm. Whereas here, everything is so messed up because there just is no prince and everyone's expecting there to be a prince. Oh. Yeah, because the prince, more than anything, the prince is just like an ideal that yeah. okay. everyone's kind of buying into like, oh, we, I want to fix my life, it sucks. I was told through this system that if I like get a rose bride that I can revolutionize the world and get what I want. I guess if I become a prince, I can do that. But it's like, it's playing along to a set of rules that eventually like the movie's telling you, you don't need to be a prince to like actually like fully realize yourself. And probably you shouldn't because it's kind of like a problematic dynamic being a prince, which is another like, we'll probably talk about um, Akio, but like what the heck happened to him in this movie? <laughs> like, wow. Cause he was supposed to be the idealized version of the prince in the show, but like in the movie, he's just like sad. 
Let's talk about Akio. Like it, he is yeah. sad. He is. He is so sad. What and, the heck? Not in a like a uh, sympathetic way. Just no, yeah. like a silly like, what is this way? No, totally. He kind of just disappears. And not just that, but they switched the voice actor in the show. His voice actor had a voice more like Tolga. He had a show. Yeah, he had very that more deep like and sultry and yeah, like um, kind, Yeah. Whereas here, he has a boyish voice. He has a very juvenile voice. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, that was like a very interesting sort of distinction between the two. And yeah, what, I mean, because the thing is like, there's still a lot of characteristics of him that still remain the same. I just feel like in the show, it it was more of like, okay, there's a facade. Like he's clearly like believes he is a prince. Like he he is this ideal, incredible person. Yet he has convinced himself that he's actually good when in fact, no, he's a horrible person. Whereas in yeah. the movie, it's like, he's, he, he's very much aware that there is no prince, I feel. Like, here, he's very much like, I know I'm a horrible person. I'm not pretending to be otherwise. I'm just going to keep doing the horrible things I do. And it's slowly going to drive me mad. Mm. See, I, yeah, I thought he was, he was uh, kind of a confusing character, just <laughs> w- having watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he wasn't in right from the beginning, right? Like, he kind of showed yeah. up. A little bit into it um so he I was confused about who he was at first um but I think it would have been more successful in this movie if he had if we were able to get like you were saying Beatrice of that kind of um him believing he's one thing but not quite that thing and then trying to figure it out whereas in this he was just like he was a bad guy which um was obvious because he did all these bad things um so yeah i i think he would have been interesting with more time devoted to him Uh, it would have been interesting actually if they made this movie like even just two hours long Mm. i wonder how the characters would be because they would have gotten a little bit more time um i think i don't even know just trying to think if he serves his purpose well in this movie but it's hard to tell what anyone's purpose in this movie is because it's so confusing (laughs) um that is fair but i think i feel like anthe could have gone through some other terrible thing that led to all of this other stuff to happen without him being a character kind of i don't know he just didn't seem to feature very much in the in the movie unfortunately because i i i think he could be good uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's just from not knowing him very much. Totally, totally. And speaking of princes, let's talk about Tolga. Let's talk about the actual prince of this movie who just mm. died. That was like the big shock. That was the twist. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, Already dead. JK, I'm an illusion. <laughs> and I was looking, I was, I was really, because I had, this wasn't the first, this rewatch, this wasn't the first time I had seen it, so I knew what was going to happen, so I really paid attention. I was like, okay, who is under this kind of spell of Toga? Like, who is the one, who are these people that are just like, who actually think he exists? And then, yeah, it's very unclear, right? Like, you'd think it was yeah. all in Udna's head, but then he's like off with what's-her-face too. Like all the time, like so Anthony and like, I have had a relationship or something too. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did you guys think of him as a character in the film? Because in the in the show, he's different. So, like, just oh, from the film, what did what did you think? I thought he was a a good character in in the film. I think he um, he seemed to have more screen time than a lot of other characters did. 
um, which was nice because then we got to see him more and he talked a lot more than a lot of other people did. Um, I, I, it, by the time he died, maybe, um, I was, I had figured out what was going on and what him and Utina's relationship kind of, at least on a surface level, seemed to have been with them, you know, like they, they were together and he left and everything like that. Um, so by the time it ended, I felt kind of satisfied with, at least as far as this movie can go, satisfied with what their relationship was and what was going on. But for the beginning part of it, especially when he's like with that other lady who is maybe a butterfly and they're like in that room with all the sheets. <laughs> I was so, so confused. I was so confused. Um, but by the end, when he got more time with Utena and they had like this weird water kiss thing, then I was like, okay, he seems cool. He's good. So he, they got me there in the end. But at the beginning in the middle, I was super confused about what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? Um, oh man, it's, it's hard because like part of me wants to think him more as like what he represents than like him as a character. Mm. But then we also like finally get his backstory, which is like one of the things I appreciate for the movie. Cause like, um, in the show, he's the only one we don't really get to know. Like we don't have an episode devoted to like why he is the way he is. And he's kind of not a great person, but like, you know, he's, he's way more sympathetic knowing that like the things that happened in his childhood totally shaped him to be like the kind of person who would like use people um, to get what he wants and, like, have this very, like, um, unhealthy way of, like, having relationships. Like, it makes so much sense with the context of what happened to him if we're going to take this as, like, canon for the same universe um, when he was a kid. But, like, he also kind of exists just to, like, make Uta think, like, oh, like, who is he? Why am I so drawn to him? Like, yeah. who is this guy? He doesn't, like, do a lot except, like, get her to do stuff. And then at the end when she realizes, like, oh, like, you were that guy who like swam and then drowned and like, oh, like I like the water scene in the elevator because you kind of like, I, I'm assuming that's the way of being like, she she realizes that like he, he exi- he's he been existing for her because of what he's represented as this prince ideal and, and him leaving is like her finally deciding like, I don't want that. I don't want to be a prince. I don't want to live up to that ideal. I want to like do my own thing, um, which is really great. Um, and that probably plays into, like, things of, like, adulthood and stuff, but, like, it's hard to think of him as a character in this movie for me, because I feel like he, he functions so much more in terms of Una than he does for himself, aside of, like, that little bit of backstory we get from him. Yeah. Right, right. Which, which makes sense, because if you think about it, I mean, he isn't, he technically isn't a person. He's, he's a figment of her imagination. I mean, yeah, you have other people interacting with him, but then you do also question, like, Okay, but like, are is they really real? Yeah, exactly? Is any of this yeah, real? What are we seeing? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, does mean? what is happening? But but yeah, so I that that is the one thing that I still haven't quite figured out, which is what he is. Not I mean, just what is he? Is he is he just straight yeah. from Utana? Is he a spell that like? I mean, this is something I'm going to get into later, but is is this, is he's kind of just like a spell that Anthe has created through her like power of magic or whatever, if she has that in this world. So there's just a lot with him. And can I just say, uh, this is more for Michelle than Haley, but poor Nanami, like poor oh her, like yeah. I just. Which one's Nanami? She's the cow. 
Okay, what? Okay, guys. Why did they do that? Who was that? So <laughs> that was a straight up reference to the show. Yeah. Okay. That was kind of. Yeah. Was that a character in the show that got turned into a cow? Yes, she was. Only for one episode, but yes. She was a character. She was Toga's younger sister. Yeah. And in one episode, she turned into a cow. But the thing is, is that here, she's just always been a cow. And it's just really... The fact that her character just was, like, set set aside. And not even set aside. It wasn't like, like... It wasn't even like, oh, we're just not going to feature her. It's, no, we're going to feature her in the worst way possible. We're just going to... Weirdest way possible. It came out of nowhere, and the scene just ended. It was like, (laughs) why did I just... That That was just a straight-up reference and humor. Okay. It was was great, one episode of, like, a 39-episode run, that's the scene you referenced? (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. He was Ikuhawa's idea. He was like, oh, no, no, we're going to have her. But it's going to be the cow... The iconic cow version of her. Is it iconic? I is sort this, like, of see people know the about. Thing, the thing with the show is like sometimes it's like so heavy and like so oh, okay. like intense, sometimes it's so stupid and like random as shit. Yeah, and, like that one this episode, she like buys a cowbell because she's like, oh, like it's fashionable, and then she like turns into a cow. <laughs> and then she just buys around and has a cow the whole episode and everyone's like chill about it because it's an anime, but like and it's Utina yeah. also. It's not even just an anime. Like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Cool. She's a real Can I, ask, I don't know if you guys have more Toga stuff, but who was Butterfly Lady? What's oh, her deal? Um, okay, we'll get to her. Okay. Him? Great, or, great. We don't have segue. to talk about her now, but I was confused. No, we can, we can, and that, and she'll lead us to my favorite character of the show. Perfect. So she's Shiori. She was, she is essentially this girl that Judy, who is the the redhead, the the, the yeah, the well, fencing yeah. lady, the fencing yeah. lady. She's like basically like the girl Judy's like in love with, and yes. and she's oh. this horrible person. She's this horrible person who just what who's just kind of like obsessed kind of with herself. She's okay. kind of just like she wants attention. She wants all the that. attention. Yeah. But yet she also is like jealous of Judy because Judy's the one who gets all the attention. And yet so she hates her, but she also loves that she loves her, but like says yeah. that she hates her just because <laughs> she wants to cause Judy pain. And I okay. want there to just be even it doesn't even have to be an anime. I just want a book. I just like a <laughs> full on mm-hmm. angst drama book on this It's like the two popular girls falling in love, basically. No, it's not at all, though. No, it's not. I don't, I know, okay, I'm getting the impression Beatrice, you really hate Shiori, but like, no, no, I I, I, I don't. I find her sympathetic, because like, I feel like her thing is like, she, she doesn't think she's special. She doesn't like, have anything that makes her feel like, kind of like Wakabana way, you know? Like, she doesn't have like, She's not, like, a popular, cool, interesting person. And her best friend, Jury, is, like, beautiful. She's, like, the best fencer in the school. Like, everyone loves her. And I think just, like, that really, like, makes her really jealous and, like, unhappy with herself. And when she finds out, like, that she's the one person Jury loves, she kind of hates her for that, too. She's like, I suck. Why do you hate me? And you have everything. And, like, fuck you. If this is true, I'm going to make you regret it. Because it's the only kind of, like 
ammunition and power I have left in my disposal. So it's just like, I just think it's really sad, like on all fronts. Like, I don't know if they're ever going to like be okay, but I just like think it's such a like fascinating dynamic. And I think totally. it's like sad for both of them. Totally. It was interesting like, how in the movie that didn't really come up at all. Like she just hung up with Toga most of the time I know, in a sheet really room yeah. and became a butterfly. <laughs> So, look, look, look. Yeah. I don't I don't hate her. When I just mean that she is a horrible person. But I love her for that. <laughs> but you don't I, hate her. But, you but I love her for that because she gives this this she because of her the darkness in her. The relationship yeah. with between her and Judy is so unhealthy. It is so damaged. It is so but you know, it's sometimes okay, no, I'm not going to say that. But like, it's kind of like, um, cause I was about to say something that's like, nope, and that you can take that out of context and that's not good. Um, but there's just this, this tragedy in their relationship that they just can't yeah. help but hurt each other without meaning yeah. to that I okay. adore. But I'm also aware that she's no innocent butterfly. She's, she's, she's totally very not. much aware of the hurt she causes. She's very manipulative and she's aware of it. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I can feel bad for her, but at the same, like, I can understand her motivations, but it doesn't take away any of her, like, the negative of what she does, the negative, negative things she does. So I, yeah. I love okay. those two. And I, again, I want an entire, like, 500 page <laughs> book. Maybe set in like some sort of period era, not explaining, just a story like set in, it can be set in like, I don't know, I don't know, like in France or something in like the 1800s. Give me that instead of leap. Give me that instead of leap, okay? Oh man, the bustles and corsets and everything. That would get bad fast. I, I need a Rose of Versailles version of their relationship is basically what I'm saying. See, I wish we got more of that in this, uh, movie because i feel like she's just a weird kind of side character but this seems like really good angst um it is it isn't really in the movie too much unfortunately one thing i wonder is like did they age up the characters in the movie because like it's very clearly they're supposed to be around the age of like 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 high school like 14 year olds which is a part of what makes like the heart of the character stuff so fun is because they're all like 14 year old kids in high school they're all very insecure don't have healthy ways of dealing with their insecurity and hurt each other all the time and it's like very tragic but very understandable mm-hmm. but like i don't know if the movie like wanted to tackle that or like did tackle that very well, much it's called the adolescence of utina so yeah like- so maybe with Utena herself, but maybe not with the rest of the cast. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I like, I definitely think I think that maybe the maybe they're slightly older in the terms of like instead of being like fifteen and fourteen, they're, they're sixteen like, and seventeen. But they're yeah. I feel like they're very much still in that teenage that mental, mental yeah. mentality. They're still in that men- yeah. mentality, and which plays know, into like probably one of the fifteen hundred different interpretations of this movie too. That they're trying to be young and childhood and everything like that, you know? And not just that, but, like, even more so than the show, which is, like, 39 episodes. It's, like, it's a long show. This, it's, because this movie is so short, because it is so quick, it, for me, it makes all the more sense for it to be called Adolescence instead of, like, Revolutionary Mm -hmm. Girl. It's, like, it's a very short time period of very violent sort of turbulent emotions and things and not wanting to grow up, but at the same time wanting to grow up. So it just, yeah, it's totally. very fitting. It's very fitting. 
Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Judy. Let's talk about Judy. And there's obviously a reason that her name's Judy. I mean, hint, hint, like, wink. That's totally a pun, right? Wait, is it? Um, <laughs> what, mean, on what? Change, what the, fun? change the, y, the J to a Y and what do you get? Oh. <laughs> like, what do you get? <laughs> That's great. Okay. For, for those Man. who don't know, Judy is like... Um, in like Japanese manga, like Yudi manga is usually like referred to for like lesbian manga. So, so yeah, wink, uh, wink. Uh, the lesbians called Judy. <laughs> haha. But, in case um, you weren't already expecting that when you went into this, yeah, goes <laughs> up pretty quick. But um, I love her. I adore her, and I she's my favorite character. And I I, I already kind of talked about her through Shorty, but like. What did you guys think of the character who's actually voiced by Sailor Moon herself? Oh, is she really? Oh. Yeah. So cool. I had no idea. I thought That's her really voice. Cool. Yeah, I, I noticed a couple of the characters actually. Well, oh, no, but I watched the dub. But I, I do want to check the dub version because a few of them sounded like really, like I recognized their voices, mm-hmm. which was weird. So I wonder if there's crossover there too. Yeah, no, I thought she was cool. She was very. Um, she was a good character, and I feel like out of all the characters, she was probably also, like, if not my favorite, definitely one of the top ones. Um, I wanted to see more from her, um, like many of the other characters, but I thought she was cool, and she interacted with everyone in an interesting way, and her design is really neat as well. Her hair was, yeah, her curls like, gravity, so physics-defying, everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I thought she was good. I definitely... Um, I, I want to watch the show and watch for her because I think she would be a very interesting character. Probably. Michelle, what about you? I really like Judy too. She she was always one of my favorites, especially when I realized she was a big homo. I was like, because oh! like, you know, 15 year old me, I was just so excited. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but like one question I have about her in the movie, like she comes up more of an antagonistic person and like set up as more of like, because she's the one that has, like, the showdown with Udna. And it's like, why did they decide to do that? I'm not totally clear on why that choice was made. And I was wondering, Beatrice, if you had any insight into that. Or, like, what your your assumptions could be about why her... Because, like, yeah, she was, like, outside of her arc, she became pretty bro with Udna overall. Yeah. But in the movie, it's very much like, we're gonna duel now. Like, get ready. And that ready. was an awesome duel. That was a it good was an awesome cool fight duel. scene. I mean, yeah. I, we we could take it from more like logical standpoint in that okay, of all like the of the uh, people go uh, fighting for the Rose Bride who have the mark of the Rose of all of them, she is the one who is the president of the of the fencing team. So she mm, would true. be the one with the most skill. So yeah. for Utena to go up against the person with the most skill, that would it just from a from a yeah from a visual standpoint it's like okay well and she's the one who's gonna know how to fight so from that perspective and we also needed someone who who could be manipulated yeah and Yudi is the one who can be manipulated especially since like Tolga is like not Tolga he's like because he's not he's not really real because exactly because he's not real (laughs) there's a limit to how manipulative he can be and getting people to do what he wants whereas with and we all we already had sionji we already we already had a fight with him so you don't want to do that again and miki's like not that intimidating so yeah Yeah, i guess she is the real logical choice then 
Like, I just, I just feel like from a lot of things, like, she was the only one that made sense to be yeah. the big fight like, between them. And not knowing what their relationship is before, it made sense that they would fight for me, just going into, like you were saying, Beatrice, it, it logically, it, I think it worked for that. Um, yeah. yeah. But, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> I mean, are, are, should we talk about the Sionji, which is, he's probably my, my, my least favorite just because, like, he, he's like, the most like overtly like douchey. <laughs> exactly, he is yeah. the the definition of a douchebag. Like, yeah, I'm, for real. So, like, what did you guys think of him? I mean, again, there's not much to him, which I'm I'm actually kind of happy that he is not <laughs> that there's much, not much in this. In the movie. Like, there's not much yeah. to he's him. Just the worst. He's no, just, just like, get rid of him. Exactly, he's just like there to be the terrible boyfriend. Like, that's all he's there to be. And I am yeah, fine much. with it. Because I don't need, like, a backstory to him. I'm just like, I, I just like hating you. So let yeah, me keep hating purpose. you. <laughs> exactly. Any any thoughts on him before we move on? No, I thought he he uh, happened to me, happened to be at the part of the movie where, like, things went really wild for me. So I was kind of reeling as I was watching his scene because I was so confused. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he was a good, uh, I think he served well in the movie. If you're just watching the movie to just get at how ridiculous the concept is and and the characters are. Um, And then going off from him, you kind of get more backstory by talking to Anthony and everything. Um, so I think he was good. He matched how um, wild it became around his scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Totally, totally. Michelle, yeah. anything to add? Um, I mean, yeah, there's no way to have given him more to do that would have taken away from, like, Una Everyone or somebody who more deserves time. more screen time. He he does come off a little more sympathetic, but like yeah, he's never like a very good person at all. So he lives up to that here. I think he's just more of a like you know he's very awful and douchey and aggressive, and we hate him. And there is like absolutely no redeeming quality in the movie, no. which is totally fine. Like I don't really care about that. You right. gotta have a character like that. Yeah, I mean yeah. Nakio kind of is that character in a way, but like I guess Sanji is too for other reasons. I don't know. I just feel like Sanji, like, was needed to, to bring out the... fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah to bring out the protect... <laughs> exactly. To bring out the protectiveness in Utena. Like, he was a necessary thing. He was a necessary, like, uh, uh, tool in a way. The a fact that he's a tool. Sanji's a necessary tool. Basically. That's so accurate. <laughs> there you go. Subverting some more. Um... <laughs> But yeah, are there any other characters that stand out to you guys that we haven't mentioned that you have some thoughts and you want to share? Any? No, Michelle? not about characters. I, I think don't think so. In terms of the movie, no. Yeah, and yeah. just in terms of the movie. Um, yeah. I will say that I love the Shadow Girls. I love them. Yes. I, yeah, they were interesting. I love They're everything really, they represent. Yeah. They're really helpful in the episodes for being like, this is the like the theme we're trying to get across here. We're going to show you with the Shadow Girls in case you're really lost because of all the symbolism we're throwing at you. So yeah. they're a really good time. They'll explain what's happening for you. Yeah, they'll explain what's happening. I appreciated them during a lot of parts <laughs> just to figure out what was happening. 
All right, so I, I've been pushing this off for the end for for a, a lot of reasons. Just it's just we need to talk about it because we can't talk about this film without talking about it. So cars. We turn the turns into a car. Yes, Jordy turns into a car. Wakaba turns into a car. Like, let's talk about cars, guys. How was that for you? So why cars? Why cars? <laughs> that is the that is the obvious question to ask. Yes. yes. What I yeah. That was a so I um I I know it's bad and illegal and everything but I watched this on YouTube um because it was the easiest way to find it for me and I in the middle of the movie I like scrolled down and read one of the comments and it was something like oh I just watched this because I thought it was like lesbian anime and now she's turned into a Batmobile um <laughs> and I was like oh no something's coming and then that happened um so I thought it was interesting. Um, I'm sure it has a lot of like uh, symbolism and metaphors tied to it. I think it was Absolutely. also, yeah, I think it was also a means of, because um, it seems like they're, I don't know, it's basically my initial reading of the themes of the movie is they're trying to get outside of adolescence and childhood and into adulthood and that kind of thing. So I guess they had to get the characters, Anthony and Utena, to try and escape this weird, maybe dream, maybe afterlife, weird world thing. Um, and a car is as good a way as any. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys, are, are cars a thing in the TV show? Or is this just someone had a funny idea and went for it? Um, yeah. Cars are totally... Okay. The thing with the show is, like, the only person who, like, has a car is Akio. And it's, like, a a bigger thing about, like... So, like, all the students are, like, you know, 15, 14. They have teenager problems. Akio's a legit adult. And he's, like, in charge of the... He's in charge of the dueling club. He Mm -hmm. has the most agency. And whenever he, like, wants to hook up with somebody or, like, get them to do what he wants, he drives them around his car. Um... And so there's that like freedom and agency and everything. He has the he has like because he's an adult, he can drive a car. They legally can't. Mm-hmm. Like he has the control and the agency to do it. And so I think the fact that Udna turns into a car, and there are like a lot of cars happening, is like a big way of being like they they're finally getting that agency for themselves, which they never mm-hmm. had okay. in the show. And they're oh, like thinking okay. that like they're they're driving outside of the confines of like the school which may represent like the social hierarchy and expectations of that are being placed on them and becoming like I think like the best way to summarize is like Una is like literally becoming like the vehicle for her and Anthony's like revolution to happen like in a yeah. very like obvious metaphor but mm-hmm. that's like kind of what I always took out of it what about you Beatrice? I I agree with everything you said and I also on top of that I would like to add that you know, a lot of times, cars and just, like, ships, things are referred to as, like, her, like, with her pronouns, you know? It's, like, like they're always referred to, for some reason, with female pronouns. And they're, I don't know, there's always this kind of, I, I remember just from, like, undergrad, just talking about how, like, women are just as objectified as cars are. Like, cars are, yeah, like, kind sure. of, you know, yeah. there's, there's yeah. this link between women being objectified and a car, like a woman being a thing and a car. So I feel like there's this very interesting subversion of that by the woman becoming the object 
she becomes the very vehicle that liberates herself. But like yeah, yeah. in this way where she kind of takes like that thing that always puts women down and makes them think, she's like, haha, I'm gonna become a thing to use against the patriarchy. Haha. So <laughs> that's kind of how I also read it as. And I also wanna add that Shiori became a car, yet she herself, by doing a bad thing, crashed and burned. So, like, that's something that I found to be, like, very reflective of her journey. And you have Wakaba, who is someone that in the film we don't see often. She's in, in the, in the anime, she was kind of like Utena's, like, best buddy, you know? Yeah, they, and yeah, gross. She, she kind of here disappears. She doesn't, like, she's there, but she's not, like, a, a big presence. She's not, she, even in the show, she wasn't as big of a, uh, think of her as a shiori, but actually not manipulative and actually yeah. has a kind heart. Yeah, or she, for sure. you know, she was like overshadowed and stuff, but that's not really what's like, like whatever. She just kind of dealt with it. Where, and you know, she, like, she became a car. She became a car that helped Yuri. She definitely and, became a car. She and definitely, she, yeah. <laughs> definitely. She became like yeah. a little mini Jeep, which is like really cute. But, um, I just love how she, isn't there yet so yeah she's a like it just the the whole thing of like each character the way that the car and the way their cars end up and the state of their cars end up is like very representative of their characters journeys and where they are at that moment in time so i just (laughs) found that to be just like a really nice touch on ikuhara's part where i was like well done i i I enjoy what you're doing (laughs) for sure and just to build off of that i love that like you know it, it's very clear, like, Utna and Anthe, like, function as, like, a, a unit together. Like, yeah. they can't escape the school without each other. Like, Utna has, like, the the manpower to drive them out of there, but Anthe controls, like, where they go and maneuvers through everything. So, like, they really do need each other equally to, like, get a better future and to, like, escape the state of being that they're both in. And I yeah. think that's just, like, really cool because it, it finally puts them on, like, equal footing with each other. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, they had to balance the car at the end too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the most I, I, exit also. Yeah. Totally. Very- and I and also like I mean, Utena's car is very like phallic look looking. Like it just it just is. So I just found that oh. to be a very interesting sort of like <laughs> designer's choice. Where I was like, yeah. So it starts off that way, but then by the end, by the time that they're out, um. They're like the car disappears, like it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's just Utena yeah, it's just as them. a person. It's just them. So it just kind of shows, like you know, sometimes even just with like um, with just femininity and just womanhood in general, you kind of have like there. Like I remember, I've I've had this moment. I don't know about you guys, so I'll only speak for myself. But you know, there was a point where I wanted, I not, I wished I was a guy, but I was like, oh, I need to be like a tomboy. I need to have mm-hmm. these kind of masculine no, attributes. To, yeah. to succeed, to, like, go forward in life. That's the only way I will achieve what I want in this society. Where And so, like, that I feel like is so reflective on it. Where, like, you get to that point where suddenly you're like, oh, this kind of, like, not penis envy, but this kind of, like, th- this ne- desire to have, like, to kind of look down on my femininity kind of is, sh- is like, shed away. By, and then that's when I'm completely comfortable with my womanhood, with myself. And that, I feel like, is so well represented in that car sequence. Yeah, it was yeah, definitely sure. a good way to end the movie. And because at that point, you've just 
like given up and accepted that this movie's wacky. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no turning back. <laughs> yeah, no. At that point, you're in. You're in deep. Um, and to have the whole thing about them going into a car wash and then turning into cars. Um, and I think it was. Uh, it led to an interesting ending with the two of them and I definitely I I as wacky as it was I definitely pick up on the baseline themes of like agency and everything like that um so I thought that was good in the end but yeah totally yeah awesome awesome okay so now we're gonna get to the concluding question of this talk and it's the one I'm most excited about and we I and as we kind of talk we kind of talk beat around the bush and not talked about it, but do you guys have any specific readings or theories of this film? Like, for instance, for me, I think this is like, given how the show ends, it's like an alternate reality where no one remembers anything that happened in the anime except Himamiya, except Anthe, and she's like, slowly, vaguely remembers, but it's only until she sees Utena and the Utena being, doing Utena things, that she's just like, <laughs> oh my god, I remember you. And she, and I feel like she kind of, like, using her, like, powers and her magic, she kind of, like, did, like, a reset type of thing. But now that she knows, she's just, just kind of like, okay, you know all that BS that we went through in the anime? We're not gonna go through that. I already know you. I know you more than you think. And I just, I get you, we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna, the reason it didn't work out the first time was because I had to go do it alone. Now, now we're gonna do it together. And now it's actually gonna work. So let's, let's go to the end of the world, so to speak. At least that's how I read it. At least in this rewatch, I was just like, okay, if this is how I'm gonna read it, this is fast, this is like a whole new level. This film is a whole new level for me now. So what about you guys? Any theory? Well, this is more for Michelle, but any theories that you have in relation to the film? Oh, man. I mean, that's like honestly how I read it, too, though. I think that's like the best way to read it, because like why else would Anthe be so assertive? Why else would like, you know, she gets scared when Utna has like the ring on again. Be like, oh, no, we have to do this whole thing over again. Like, do you not remember how like agonizing it was the first time? And like, I do think. I guess one way to, ex- not excuse, but, like, to accept the fact that, like, there's so little characterization for so many of their characters is, like, this isn't, if all of these people exist in alternative, like, barriers to achieving their own personhood and agency, like, we're just merely following, like, Utna's version of whatever this place is, and that's why, like, we're focusing on her story right now, but, like, presumably, all of them are in, like, slightly different, like, weird limbo high school places, where they're trying to figure out themselves and get to a better place and embrace, like, adulthood. Um, So I really like that as a concept, and I love the idea that, like, it wasn't enough for Una to just, like, help Anthe realize herself, but for them to have to, like, break through this barrier together as equals, as being the the actual final conclusion to their story for realsies. So, yeah, I totally agree with your interpretation. Features. Like that's that's how I would like to think this film is intentionally like portraying everything. And I think it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Hey, like, yeah. do you, even though you've only take you've only seen the film, do you have any sort of like weird readings or theories about why things are the way they are? Even like you, it doesn't matter whether like you contradict what the what the what the show says because like you know yeah, the film can stand on its own. Yeah, the film can stand on its own. 
Yeah, definitely. I I really like that reading. That seems really interesting. Um, but I think if you're watching it from uh, a perspective of not knowing anything about how these characters are normally, like how they normally behave, what their personalities are like, what their relationships are normally like, um, mm-hmm. I think it is way more of a um, kind of like a sim- symbolical movie where you just kind of have to go with it more than anything rather than trying to understand how these characters relate to each other because I feel like they didn't have very much character development between each other in the movie so instead it was all the symbolism that seemed to kind of um, play center stage with that uh, part of me likes to think that maybe they're all like dead or something and this is like a weird <laughs> I don't know like afterlife. That's, not a, that's not a bad assumption yeah, yeah. outside the reality the realm of thought um and then also I guess just as a symbolic message of like finding your own agency and freedom and everything um I'm sure you can get deeper than that I'm a hundred percent positive you can um but yeah I think just if you if you want to look at it maybe even not even thinking about the sim- symbolo- sim- symbolological, no, that's not the right word, <laughs> that, the symbolism of the whole movie, and just kind of watch it and experience it. I think the they're all dead is kind of a good theory almost, because it would explain why everything's so wacky. And also with the, um, the whole thing with that castle, that was like, Anthony was talking about how that castle place is a better place or something like that. I forget what she said specifically. That was it was normally upside down a lot of the time in when it was shown. Um, that could be thought. I was just thinking. I was like, oh, is that like they're in a, like maybe a purgatory thing right now, and that's heaven if they want to think about like heaven and hell and everything, because um, that seemed to be something. But then it turned out to just be something that tried to kill them when they were trying to drive away in the Utana car. So maybe not. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was. I, I don't know. I think you can have everyone can have different interpretations of it, even if they, even people who have have the same history with the show and with the movie can have completely different interpretations of it, having all seen the same material. Um, and I think that's kind of intentional, honestly. Like I don't think it's meant to be easy to understand, which is interesting and unique. So yeah, that's my analysis i suppose <laughs> I, think I just that's, yeah that's a really good analysis and like i feel like ikuhara himself kind of proves that because whenever anyone asks him like a straight question about like what did you intend he gives the vaguest response possible i so wouldn't I really, expect anything yeah else. <laughs> exactly so i think he really does want people to decide for themselves what they make of the whole thing yeah and what it means to them too because they might yeah. have different life experiences so they might interpret things completely differently from each other Totally. And I mean, you kind of blew my mind with that whole, um, (laughs) with the whole, no, with the whole like kind of heaven, purgatory, hell kind of reading. Because if you You think about it, no, no, seriously, because if you you think about it, um, the, that story that was told about the, the witch and the prince and how the witch turned the Lord of the Flies into the prince and then, but he was still the Lord of the Flies. I looked up, I was like, Lord of the Flies, like that's not just the book. And then I looked up, like, that's that's another way of saying Satan. Like, that's another way of saying, like, so I was just like, what if this is all hell? What if this is hell? And, like, you know? And I, what well, if they're kind of stuck in, like, a never-ending weird little loop of yeah. 
being in school and stuck where they are and they don't really have much freedom to do what they want. Whereas they're looking at this place and it's like, oh, we just have to get there because it's going to be way better. But they, they, but it only, it doesn't, Anthony seems to be one of the only ones who mostly talks about it. Um, that whole kingdom thing. But yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting way of reading it. And, and not just that, but maybe, like, we've been thinking about this wrong. Maybe Toga is the only one yep. who's alive. Maybe he's the <laughs> yeah, only maybe. one. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. They're all, it's, they're all imagining him, and he's actually still alive, and they've all died, and he's actually alive right now. You never know. You I love crack know. theories. They're so good. <laughs> no, like, that's what's so great about Ikuhara, which is, like, he just gives and gives and gives and just never... He never anything. gives an answer. He no, never. He no. just gives us questions. He just gives <laughs> us questions that we have to like figure it out for ourselves. And I think that about does it for this podcast. Find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. Support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Taylor, a.k.a. Needle. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. So, guys, where can people find you outside of the podcast? Haley, where can people find you? Nowhere, unfortunately. But on other <laughs> podcasts. That's good. <laughs> what other podcasts? You can plug anything. Oh, no, other episodes of podcasts. Oh, gotcha. I am on Tumblr. I'm not super, I'm occasionally active. I think my name's Hazel Lace, all one word, no caps. That was a Tumblr username generator (laughs) that came up with that for me. So, yeah, but that's where I am. Cool, cool. Michelle, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter. Um, Handle is Purview Pro. Um, Tumblr, Purview Productions, YouTube, same. Yep. Those three places. I awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to add a face to my lovely voice, you can find me on YouTube at the Be Real Movie Channel. Warning, my face. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.